Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Meddling Kids Podcast, a groovy review of everything Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Chase Cupo. Today is a wonderful episode. It's very funny with honestly great guest stars. One of the more memorable towns or settings in a Scooby episode for me. I know I say something similar every time, but I mean it this time. One of the more memorable just towns or like city designs in Scooby-Doo in a Scooby-Doo episode. Alright, so we start off with the gang very predictably driving from left to right on a road. The music is particularly funky at this point. Now the gang is admiring the scenery, which does look very serene, I must say. It looks like scenery that would be described very well in a really good book. Uh, They're on the way to the Oceanside Off-Road Rally, where special guest Speed Buggy will participate. The gang is awfully excited to see that little car go, as Daphne says, I believe. Presumably not far behind them, we do see Speed Buggy and friends driving down the road. Speed Buggy's messing around, going off the paved road and whatnot, and he says it's to practice for the competition. Honestly, it's very cute, maybe a little dangerous, but everyone's okay. And you know what? Speed Buggy, he's got it on lock. He's good. So Scooby Gang pulls up to a road sign that says, Welcome to Winona. It shows the population to be 10, but it's great because it's like a wooden sign, and you can see clearly that the population started at 629, and large groups of people kept leaving. So the people left in that were left living in the town just kept crossing out the population number and wrote a new one. It started at 629, then went to 540, then down to 351, 260, 174, 96, and now 10 each. The whole gang makes it into the town, and they they find it all. Uh, all they find up a boarded hotel that's closed. Uh, the whole town seems to be pretty much out of business and closed, abandoned almost. Shaggy and Scooby start having trouble processing things, so they settle down for an emergency snack. The gang decides to sleep in the mystery machine for the night. Well, some of them do. The men very respectfully sleep outside on the ground while Velma and Daphne get some privacy and comfort. Some, it's a van, in the van. Now, the gang actually seems to be sleeping ever so well, and everything is kind of good. It looks like a nice, nice night, to be honest, until some seemingly hurricane-force winds wake them up. It's morning now, and the gang is fully awake. None of them seemingly got any sleep or you know maybe not much due to the wind disturbances the night before now the town does look very peaceful and honestly very fun in the daylight a nice day trip there you know but shaggy still insists that they move on they hop into the mystery machine and they start moving forward you know simple enough right wrong they nearly collide head-on with speed buggy speedy makes an amazingly quick maneuver to save everyone though he's definitely a great little car now, the gang recognizes Speed Buggy, of course, how could you not? But oddly enough, his, fr- his friends recognize the gang. Now, I guess world word. <laughs> I guess word travels fast between teenage groups with weird cars or dogs, I guess. Now, important note here, everyone. I hope you saw it and heard it. Velma says, and you're the Speed Bugs, but her voice horrifyingly comes through Daphne's mouth. There is now a chance that the gang functions as a hive mind. They are still clearly able to function as individuals, but maybe certain situations or tensions? 
Alright, anyways, Debbie, Mark, and Tinker introduce themselves. Daphne pets Speedy extremely loudly. A pat, 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 pat. You should hear it. If you watch the episode, you'll know what I'm talking about. Scooby is actually honestly really scared after Speedy licks him. Uh, poor Scooby. Scooby is actually shamed for his fear by Debbie. Watch it, Debbie. Speed Buggy he takes Scooby on a quick joyride, which brings everyone together. Gets Scooby back in the mood for being friendly. A little quick bonding, you know? The two groups decide to continue their trip together. The gang is scared, they're, and they're insisting that Fred go faster. You know, the groups are now driving off towards the Oceanside Rally, presumably. And uh, the gang in the van, Scooby gang, is getting a little scared, and they're like, Fred, you gotta speed up, let's go. He's the one leading the, the, the parade of two cars here. And he, he really seems to hit the gas, but he ends up rear-ending a pickup truck that backed out right in front of him. So, the gang is stuck. There's no mechanics left in town, because it's nearly abandoned. A population of ten with no mechanics. They're, they're going to perish here. This is it. Scooby's over. Ah, but Tinker volun is volunteered by Debbie to go and fix the mystery machine. Tinker can do it. He's a little worried about missing the race, but Debbie and Speed Buggy vote that they stay. I believe Debbie says what's more important, uh, car race or the human race, I think. It's kind of a cliche. It's been said before in slightly different ways, but you know what? It's fun, and it's a good one. Mr. Duncan, the owner of the truck that was rear-ended, pulled out right in front of him. He lets the gang stay, though both groups actually stay at his barn house as long as they need, and he provides space in the barn for Tinker to work on the van. Mr. Duncan says that the mysterious winds are the reason that there's almost nobody left in town. And also, there is the ugliest-sounding chicken in the frame that I have ever even imagined. They had someone who is not good at imitating a chicken imitate a chicken. Now, while that's happening, a shadowy figure atop a hill laughs menacingly at the predicament, or at the voice acting job. Now, the girls in Speed Buggy decide to go find some food. And obviously, there was no good joints open. I thought it was a, a dumb idea, honestly, to go out and get food in that town, but whatever. Uh, Mr. Dun Mr. Duncan comes through and he fixes them some food. The group decides to sneak out of the house, which I think is unnecessary, just a Man, I can do my other podcast. I can record, like, voice acting and auditions for voice acting. No problem. But when I record this, when I record this podcast, I'm just, I, I always yawn. I'm coughing. My, my throat gets dry. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking about it too much. But anyways. Excuse me. So there's no good choice to eat. Mr. Duncan fixes them some food. And then the group decides before they go to bed that they're going to sneak out of the house at midnight to investigate the winds and help Mr. Duncan, which I think is completely unnecessary to sneak out. Just tell Mr. Duncan. It's not like he's your dad. Maybe he is. I don't know. But anyways, the investigation gets going really well as Shaggy falls down a manhole due to the wind. Uh, the old church bell continues to ring. Uh, you know, and why would it be ringing at this time? Who could be ringing it? So the gang decides to go through a graveyard to go see who's ringing it. Of course, that's the only path they can take. Once they get inside the church, uh, Speedy drops a candle, scaring Shaggy and Scooby, who they panic. They absolutely lose it. And there's a shadowy figure behind a piano in the room that they're in. So they find the church bell to just be ringing by itself, which defies their and our logic. Uh, the figure behind the piano scares them out, though, and they're... And, you know, we cut back to them walking around outside. Fred spots someone in a building. I, I forgot. I missed what kind of building it is. 
but he says, hey, let's go get him. So everyone just uh, just they decide strength in numbers and just go shooting after uh, whoever might be in that building. Uh, they end up, it looks like some sort of warehouse. I mean, maybe clothing is just part of their inventory because there are lots of creepy mannequins. Shaggy and Scooby actually have an encounter with two of them, one attempting to merge with Shaggy and steal his humanity. And the Shaggy and Scooby are running around, Shaggy screaming for help, so everyone's running in the direction that they hear the screams, and the, the whole two groups all crash into each other because they were going to try and help Shaggy. So the investigation last night did not reveal all too much. That's okay, though. There's still plenty of runtime left and revelations to be had. Now, Tinker's hard at work early in the morning, even after being up most of the in, during most of the wee morning hours already, because he, among others, wants to G-E-T get out of that spooky old town. Velma moseys over, wondering what all the racket is. Mark says, men at work, Velma. Don't distract them. Get the heck out of her face, Mark. Anyways, Mr. Duncan fixes the gang some pancakes, although, unfortunately, Speed Buggy is denied any pancakes. Might give him indigestion, they say, so he has to drink his non-fat oil, unfortunately. But you know what? It's better to be healthy than die, I guess. The women decide to take Speed Buggy into the town to investigate more. Now, Debbie is a really standout character. She has been mostly respectful, except for shaming Scooby earlier about his fear of being licked by an autonomous car and autonomous car, but she's strong and she takes point when she needs to or can, and she's nice most of the time. She also jives with Daphne and Velma real well. It's a good trio. And the men are okay with them going because they can get more work done without them. It seems a little condescending. It is, but I think we can all agree that when there are too many people in a workspace, it is tough to get anything done, especially when they don't have any knowledge or skill of what you're doing. So hey, if they aren't mechanics, then maybe it is best that they vacate the area. Shaggy and Scooby are not very handy, so I think they should be escorted elsewhere, but okay. Oh, okay, so I got excited when I wrote that. The women actually offer them along to go with them, so the groups are as they should be now. Uh, they get into town, and they find that uh, the bank is open. Uh, he, the bank owner says that he is as baffled as anyone in terms of what's happening in the town, so they don't get anything good to go on from him. Until the wind sounds from inside the vault. Definitely suspicious, although the gang is yet to start connecting those dots. The sleuths go ahead and check out the city's Hall of Town records. Shaggy's disappointed that the literature is so boring, saying, What a dull selection. There's not a comic book in the place. And I am definitely on board with commissioning young, aspiring artists and writers to make comics for some sections or documents in any given city's records. Now, uh, the two, him and Scooby... The two, oh, the, the, those two, Shaggy and Scooby, get locked behind a door and then are hidden behind, which is hidden behind a bookcase that's pushed by a mysterious, seemingly disembodied hand. Very classic Scooby stuff here. Classic Scooby animation. Random hand just shoves them in somewhere and locks it and hides it. Now, the women don't find anything substantial as they're searching, but they do realize that the very, their very scared friends are missing and disappointed because there are no comics. Debbie and Speed Buggy burn rubber to get back to the barn to tell the fellas that Scoob and Shag are missing. Tinker questions Debbie's sanity on the way to the building while Shaggy and Scooby prepare to beat down the door. Now that doesn't work out, but Shaggy's attempts to pound the door down does reveal the hidden door behind the bookcase. The group moves to the sh moves the shelf away, and they but they end up using Speed Buggy's exhaust to melt the padlock off of the door. It's a little much, to be honest. Scooby comes out with an old parchment map of the of the whole town and accidentally wrapped around them, which is an interesting clue for our friends. They discover a cave system under the mountain. 
They think the winds could come through the caves somehow, and it would be a good idea to investigate them. So do I. The groups have to find a way up the mountain to get the caves, which to get to the caves, which is seemingly to me an impossible task for the mystery machine. And I was right. Uh, they are barely making it up, and then they just they they hit this point where they realize Fred is like, you know what? There's no way we get up there. So Speed Buggy really puts it in overdrive, towing them up the, up the mountain as well, right behind him, with everyone with his group stacked in him as well. They almost careen all the way down the other side of the mountain as a sudden drop-off surprises them, but Speed Buggy saves the day again. Another character that the gang should have considered keeping around for their mystery solving. Speedy plus Genie. Mm. So, they get inside the caves. There isn't any wind yet, but they do need to check it out anyway, much to the dismay of Scooby and Shaggy. As they move on, a mysterious masked character follows. Note that it is the same outfit that the evil grandma wore in the very first episode that the gang met Batman and Robin. As the group walks on, they continue straight, but Shaggy and Scooby accidentally take a right at a fork in the cave. They catch back up with the gang quickly, though, to show them the two ghosts that they saw on the cave wall. It's too bad for their shame and dignity that it was their own shadows. They begin to make shadow animals and jest on the wall before the masked figure joins the fun with the shadow animals, scaring them off. Now the other group continued on, and now Speed Buggy got lost. He calls for help. He uses his horn, but that just consists of him yelling, Beep! It frightens Scooby and Shaggy, who have once again, somehow, split up from their gang. They are glad to see each other, though, Speedy, Scooby, and Shaggy. Now, all the older kids have met up and agree that they didn't find any clues, and now they can't find their friends. So they decide that, uh, let's get out of here. But the masked figure, and now another one, activate the winds, causing the gang to go flying and tumbling around the cave pretty much uncontrollably. Speed Buggy almost saves the women who are flying off into another section of the cavern, but he goes skidding backward as well with them holding on. Now the whole party is blown into a room in which they're all locked in by the masked figures. Darn. They got him. Party's over. But the party does decide to ram the door down using Speed Buggy. But instead, he, he, he switches the plan up a bit. So he backs up, he goes in reverse, and he uses the friction of his wheels to burrow through the wall. So trap averted. Nice. The party decides to leave once again, but first they find what looks like an airplane with no wings. Shaggy sees it, and he decides to use it to jet out of there. He turns it on, which leads to everyone well, leads everyone to realize that this is what was causing the winds at night. Velma says, it's a wind machine. Thanks for using the proper scientific terms here, Velma. Now, cut to the villains. Now, four masked figures. Not one, not two, not three, but you counted them. Four masked figures sitting around the table on fold-out chairs playing cards. That's all. Sounds like a silly kid's dream of fun. Let's just run off and live in the caves. It also reminds me of when we were kids, and we, I'm pretty sure everyone thought this at some point, would be shocked to find out that, like, teachers do things outside of school. They play games, have fun, sleep in a house. They don't just pull out of bed in the classroom and then wake up and come teach us, you know? But, uh, yeah, good times being a kid. Anyway, Scooby does find them a way out, but the way out is blocked by the villains playing poker or whatever they're playing. They're playing some sort of card game. The gang rounds the corner, and they're spotted. Mark, Daphne, and Vilma hide successfully on some stalagmites, I believe. Stalagmites are the ones that are up, and stalactites are the ones that are on the floor, I think. But anyways, either way, they hide successfully. But instead of leaving and going to get the sheriff, they decide to help the others. First, Mark says, you guys get the sheriff, I'm going to help them. But then Daphne and Vilma are like, you know what, we got to go help our friends instead. 
more uh, um, immediate danger here. So it's worth staying, apparently. So two of the villains make the dumb decision to try and chase Shaggy and Scooby down using Speed Buggy. They hop in, but it doesn't work out at all because he shoots them out. After some chasing and running and escaping, the party traps the villains a couple at a time. Nice little almost montage within a montage. They trap them all and decide to finally, for just about the 18th time, try and get out and go find the sheriff. They do get distracted for a little while by a runaway wind machine. Mark actually takes on the almost impossible task of leading the machine to run off a cliff saving the city. He basically had to jump on the grenade without dying. The sheriff figures out these villains were planning on creating a resort out of the town. They wanted everyone out of the town so they could get some dirt cheap property. Turns out it was the bank owner at the heart of the crime. He makes one last attempt at escaping. He just freaking takes off on foot. Fastest guy alive, but Speed Buggy comes through with the capture again. Scooby uh, closes the episode out by teaching Speed Buggy some tricks, such as sit, roll over, and play dead. It is a very cute, if not random, close to the show. Alright, that does it for this one, you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Dave Seste for letting us use his music, Night Surfing, for the theme music. Stay groovy, and remember, I wouldn't have been able to get away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> <laughs>